0: You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. It is Friday, February 5th, and we're talking TCU athletics as we do every day. And yesterday I put two podcasts up, and one of them I thought was really good. I spoke with uh, Mattis Bear. Um, who is from Matt? From excuse me, our Daily Bears, the SB Nation site, and I thought he had some really good insight on that TCU Baylor matchup that was scheduled to go down uh, Saturday afternoon. Well, I'm at work on uh, Thursday, and I, I see an email come across that Baylor has uh, postponed their next two games. So, game Saturday not happening against TCU, and then their game, their midweek game against Oklahoma. Also not going to go down. So the Frogs will get a little more time off um, and and get ready for their next game. And I I think this could actually maybe be a blessing, and I'll tell you why. So they're coming off the big win against Oklahoma State. And that was a fantastic win. I talked about it um, for a few minutes yesterday and and what was basically amounted to a bonus pod, um, my second pod of the day. But I think it was a big win for this team. Um, you know, they finally break through and close out a game. They get their third Big 12 win. Mike Miles was great. RJ and Emhard was great. Jaden Ledee came off the bench and gave them some good minutes, including uh, a game-winning uh, three-point play that was really the dagger that gave them the victory. They did a nice job against Cade Cunningham. I mean, he had a stretch for about 10 to 12 minutes on uh, in the second half there where he definitely – looked like and was the best player on the floor, but they got a couple big stops against him late. Um, So overall, all good things. And now it sets up to where their next game is on Tuesday night against Iowa State. Iowa State is currently winless in conference play. They did push West Virginia a little bit in their last game. And one other thing I'll say about Iowa State is – it looks like recently they got their best player back and he's starting to play well. Solomon young, who is a load inside 6'8, 255. Uh, He's a big time player and he's got huge size. He can score in the paint. He's averaging 12 points a game and five rebounds a game. So he would be a tough guy. He'll be a tough guy to match up with, but Iowa state hasn't won a big 12 game yet. So an opportunity to win again, get two wins in a row and maybe you can string some wins together. Now, Of course, you're going to have to play Texas next Saturday, which is a really, really good team, top 10 team. But here's why I say it might end up being a good thing. Uh, They sweep Oklahoma State, which is a funny thing. They've got three Big 12 wins. Two of them are against the Pokes. And I saw John Rothstein tweet this last night. And John's kind of a goofy guy. He covers uh, college basketball for CBS Sports. But he knows college basketball really, really well. And if you don't know who I'm talking about and you're on Twitter – John is a guy who it seems like all his tweets are scheduled tweets because he'll tweet the same thing over and over again, depending on the day. Like, for instance, when TCU wins a big game, which those have been few and far between this year, I know, he'll tweet out this little catchphrase, the Jamie Dixon factor. Uh, when, (laughs) When West Virginia wins and Bob Huggins with their pressure defense, He tweets something to the effect that amounts to, like, uh, West Virginia, tougher than a three-day weekend with your in-laws. And he's just got little quirky phrases like that. You know, down the stretch in March, when things get crazy, he'll tweet, this is March, and he gets really excited. But I went to John's Twitter feed this morning because I wanted to see if he tweeted anything about TCU after they beat Oklahoma State. I wanted to see if he sent out the Jamie Dixon factor tweet, which is, Silly and, and kind of nerdy, I know, but I just wanted to see if he did it. But I come across this instead. TCU sweeps Oklahoma State. Can the Horn Frogs make a run and be the Big 12's eighth, eighth NCAA tournament team? They'll get opportunities. Now, on the surface, this kind of seems ridiculous to me because you won one game, and as I said, you've won three Big 12 games, two of them are against Oklahoma State, and I feel like there's always, if you're sort of a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team, there's one team that you match up pretty well against and you just kind of have your way with. And this year it appears for TCU, that's Oklahoma State. But they haven't shown any ability to string together wins. I do get what John's saying, though, as far as they're going to have opportunities. Because, in theory, you got ten games left. In the regular season. Now, I am skeptical that we're going to get the full 18 games scheduled in in the regular season. I don't think the season's going to get shut down. I just feel like all the the postponements, I'm not sure they're going to get all these games in. But let's say they do. Let's say they play 18 games. You've got one more game against Kansas State and two more games against Iowa State that I imagine the Frogs are going to be favored in. So if they take care of business in those games, that's six wins. Usually in the Big 12, as deep as it is and as good as it is, if you finish with eight or nine wins, you're going to have a good chance to make the tournament. So if they take care of their business in those three games and have six wins, then you're talking about pulling off two upsets against the likes of Baylor, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Texas. You play Tech twice, You play West Virginia, Baylor, Texas. I don't know if they can do that. (laughs) But I'm just saying there is a path. I'm not sure if it can be done. I don't have a lot of faith that it can be done because this team hasn't shown me that they can step on the floor and beat really good basketball teams. They gave Missouri a scare, could not close it out. I'm just saying... There are going to be opportunities for this group. I'm not picking them to make the tournament. I don't think they'll make the tournament. But suddenly, you upset Oklahoma State. You played well the last couple of games. Maybe you go beat Iowa State convincingly, and then you're on a little bit of a run. You get in a little bit of a rhythm. And they were they were sort of on a run early in the season, and then it all stalled out. But let's see if they can string a few wins together and just where it goes from there. It's locked on Horn Frogs coming up next. I want to talk... Uh, Just some football news and notes. Signing day was yesterday. Gary Patterson spoke with the media. And just some assorted notes that I've missed over the past few weeks. We'll do that next. But first I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday. Why don't you try to make some money? Don't just be an observer. Get involved in the game. You can bet on the over-under. You can bet on the spread. I believe when I checked today it was KC by three and a half. Go to BetOnline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. They have the latest news, the latest info, and they're going to help you make some cash. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. Just try it out. Just give it a shot. Just see what it feels like to take the advice of Lee Sterling and BetOnline.ag. Go there today. They also have great info on college basketball, college football. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Back at it, segment two of Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Stephen Simcox here with you. Let's talk some football and uh, just some news and notes from around the program, some things that I wanted to hit on. Coach Patterson spoke uh, earlier this week. He actually spoke on National Signing Day, which was on Wednesday, and he threw a few things out there that I thought were interesting. First, uh, we have a tentative date for the spring football practice and spring game. Gary said that they're looking to start spring practice on March 15th, and that they're hoping to get uh, the spring game underway on April 17th. He, again, expressed that those were tentative dates. It's all subject to change. But they're going to start a little bit later than normal, and the reason that they're doing that and the reason they want to uh, schedule the spring game for April 17th right now is there is a possibility – right now recruiting is still in a dead period. Recruiting is still going on. It doesn't mean that it's not. Obviously, signing day happened. But players – Uh, recruits cannot take official visits on campus, and they can't meet face-to-face with the coaches. They've been doing everything over Zoom, over the phone. There is a possibility that that could be lifted on April 16th, and then after that, uh, recruits could start taking on-campus visits, you know, when that part of the calendar comes around. They could meet face-to-face with the coaches, and if that was the case, then TCU could have some uh, recruits on campus for the spring game. Which is always a you know a big recruiting date. It's a big recruiting day. It's a chance to get guys there, um, let them take a look at you know the personnel they have, the systems they're running, look on campus, see where they want to be, all of that. So they're they're hoping that by holding out until April seventeenth, they can get some recruits on campus, which I think would be a big deal for recruiting. Uh, on the national signing day note, they did have one player that signed. On Wednesday, and if you listen to Locked On Horn Frogs back on uh, Wednesday morning, you expected this. But Abraham Kamara, who is from Coffeeville Community College, uh, he's a safety. He signed the dotted line on uh, on Wednesday, along with some other transfers that you already knew about. Uh, but Kamara was the big addition, and he didn't play a whole lot last year because JUCO ball wasn't really a thing. There was a very short schedule. And he was only there for one season, so you really only have his high school tape and then the brief stint in Juco ball. But as I said to the audience earlier this week, I trust Gary Patterson and Paul Gonzalez and Jeremy Modkins on just about any evaluation they make in the secondary and at that position. Like, if if they think a safety is good enough to play for them and play in the Big Twelve then I am all for it. I trust them completely because they have a track record of producing great players in the secondary and producing great safety. So I don't have any issue with them taking on a guy who might look like a little bit of a project or doesn't have, you know, a four-star, five-star rating. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt at that position for sure. So he's coming in. He'll be part of this 2021 class, which is exciting Very small class, number nine in the Big 12. You know, it's in the 60s nationally, according to 247 Sports. I don't love that, but, I mean, I understand that one thing Gary mentioned in the press conference was if you look at individual players, if you just kind of look at the individual player rankings and you take out the number of players that they had, then it actually grades out as a top four, top three class. So if you just look at the individuals they gathered, there's some talent there, but... There weren't a lot of players that they signed this, this cycle, so it doesn't look nearly as good as it has in the past. Um, so that's kind of why the momentum slowed down for the Frogs in this recruiting class, but still some players that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, also in that press conference, Gary confirmed that Kenny Hill is going to be the quarterback's coach. He just kind of got promoted from a more of an analyst position. They're going to keep the continuity on that offensive staff. And Doug Meacham is officially the play caller. And offensive coordinator, that's his title, offensive coordinator. And, you know, that's not surprising. We all kind of knew that Doug was calling the plays, at least for the majority of the season. But now it'll just be two guys that are, I guess, co-OCs and that Jerry Kill is this offensive guru, offensive czar, head coach of the offense, and then Doug Meacham under him calling the plays. I I, I like the fact that I'm not happy that Sonny's gone because I do think Sonny Cumby. Uh, was pretty valuable to this program, even though I know he became public enemy number one for the frustrations that fans had with this offense through the years. But I feel like he's a valuable recruiter. He had good relationships with the players, and I do think he's going to be missed um, when it's all said and done. I'm excited though that this is Doug's offense, along with you know, I guess, kind of the the big philosophy, big picture philosophy coming from Jerry Kill, and what can uh, you know, what he, can he do? sort of now that he has taken the reins and it, he's fully in control i'm excited to see what that looks like and another thing that i noticed i've been talking about this since chandler morris decided he was going to transfer that there might be a quarterback competition and of course a big part of that along with you know max's play is going to be is chandler morris can be eligible because we all thought it was a slam dunk all transfers are going to be ready to go But the NCAA still hasn't approved it. So we'll have to see what they end up deciding on transfers and their eligibility if you're not a grad transfer. But Gary said this in this press conference. He said, the chemistry on offense has been unbelievable. Going into January and February has been awesome. Got to give Max a lot of credit. I think he has great days ahead of him, and he's been an unbelievable leader with the offseason work. So singling out Max Duggan and saying that Max has been a great leader, That's intriguing to me because I know – I mean, we know for a fact, or at least it seems like, when it comes to these quarterback competitions, when there has been one, Gary leans on two things. And this is Gary I'm talking about, not the offensive staff. Gary really leans on two things. One is who turns the ball over the least? Who can I trust to take care of the football? And the second one is experience and leadership. So if he sees that Max is the leader – I think that's a really good sign for Max Duggan and gives us a pretty big clue on who's going to be the starter. I just I think that's a big deal for Gary. Who, who's stepping up, holding guys accountable, leading the way on offense? So I just found that note interesting as we hurdle towards the offseason. And I think there's an opportunity for Chandler Morris, but that kind of gave me some pause when I saw that earlier this week. We'll come back. I have some more football notes. I also want to talk some baseball before we sign off. This is Locked On Horn Frogs. Before we do that, though, let me tell you about Rock Auto. Uh, I've said this before. I'm not ashamed to say it. I am pretty clueless when it comes to cars. I just I don't know a lot about them. I don't know much about how to fix them. I can pop the hood. I can drive my car to get my oil changed, and that's about the extent of what I should and can do. That's why I love rockauto.com because it makes it easy for even people like me to understand what's going on they have a great selection of parts they let you compare manufacturers compare prices it's all the parts your car will ever need if you're overwhelmed at the prospect of finding exactly what you need go to rockauto.com it's what mechanics use it's what do-it-yourselfers use so it's not good just for people like me but anyone when you go to rockauto.com see the uh how did you hear about a section? And make sure you check Locked On so they know that we sent you. RockAuto.com, reliably low prices, the best in most parts your car will ever need. Final segment of the day, final segment of the week here on Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host, and uh, let's, let's scatter shoot a little bit. I want to hit a couple different things. First off, I need to say the TCU women also play this weekend. Women's basketball, they take on Kansas and that game is on Sunday at one thirty in Lawrence. And uh, KU is is currently actually playing Baylor as I'm recording this, and they were down ten points at halftime. But TCU beat Kansas in Fort Worth, a chance for them to go to Lawrence and win that game. They are playing better as of late. Played West Virginia pretty close, and West Virginia is twenty first in the country. Lost that game seventy nine to seventy, but it was fairly similar to the Mizzou game. Not that uh, for the men, not that they blew a lead, but. They were hanging around a lot. It was tied, There were a bunch of lead changes, and then eventually West Virginia just kind of pulled away in the end. But I think a chance for this team to maybe get a little momentum going, uh, they played Kansas and Kansas State, and as I said, they beat KU earlier this year. The Jayhawks have proven to be a vulnerable team. And Kansas State, Jeff Mitty, former coach here at TCU, uh, maybe no team in the country in any sport has had more issues with COVID than the Kansas State women's basketball team. They have just really been up against it, have had a very, very hard season. So a chance for uh, the Lady Frogs to go in there and get a victory um, and hopefully string a couple wins together before their schedule gets really tough again because they close the season with Iowa State, Texas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma. So it's going to be a, a kind of a rough stretch there at the end. I hope they can get some momentum going. Before they hit that stretch, I also wanted to say um, I don't think I ever brought this to the table, and I I keep kicking myself because I would have it on my rundown, and then I get done recording and be like, oh, I still haven't mentioned this. Uh, TJ Stormont is headed to Texas Tech here in the transfer portal uh, a few weeks ago. I was really hopeful that he would return. I know at one time I said I thought he was maybe the most important player. As far as whether he was going to return or whether he was going to head to the NFL. And I really thought those were the only two options. I didn't factor in the fact that he might use the transfer portal. He is a player that's transferred a lot. So he's going to reunite with offensive coordinator Sonny Cumbie at Tech and play in his system again. And I wish TJ the best. I mean, I don't have any ill will towards him. Just disappointed the Frogs couldn't keep him around for one more season because I was really hopeful for his ability to stabilize the offensive line. I know they brought in some transfers. Uh, but if you look at it, I, I think it's going to be okay. I, I, I feel like they can work around it. They've actually lost a number of uh, of, of players of the portal in that offensive line position. Kelton Hollins, um, obviously Stormit, and then uh, Wes Harris that I know for sure, and there might be, one more that I'm, I'm missing. I feel like there is one more guy that I just can't place right now. But they've lost a few offensive linemen to the portal, which will be intriguing to see how it affects their depth. And you always want depth to of that offensive line position because it's such a physical spot on the team. You know there's going to be some injuries. There's going to be some guys that are banged up and bruised throughout the year. Moving on to baseball. Let's talk uh, TCU baseball. Jim Sloshnagel had some media availability today, and I want to hit on a few things that I thought were interesting. And these notes come from Billy Wessels, who was on that uh, call earlier. He was kind enough to recap some of the uh, news and notes that went down from this press conference. Here's something uh, that I found intriguing. When I've been thinking about the starting rotation, Chuck King has been somebody that I've plugged in because he's been a starter the last few years. But Slosh actually told the media today that a possible opening opening weekend rotation is Johnny Ray... Russell Smith, and Austin Krobb. Now, Russell Smith, we know he's got electric stuff. It's just hasn't been able to stay real healthy. Johnny Ray looked really good early in the season as their number one starter. And then Krobb is another guy that can really you know throw the ball and, and get it up there with high velocity. But they're thinking about moving Charles King back to the bullpen, which is what he did early in his career. He was a long relief guy and somebody that can kind of come in in any situation. What it gives him the ability to do, I think, is now if, if you pull that off and those three guys are good and uh, can be in the rotation for the majority of the year, then Chuck King, Marcelo Perez, and Halen Green, you could move them around, and, and that could be the back end of your bullpen, and that could be really salty. Halen Green was an absolute monster last season, and you know the fact that he didn't get all Big 12 recognition – is disappointing. I know he said uh, in the press conference today, because some players also talked, and he said that, yeah, it's something that they talked about. They sent it to the group text as soon as they saw it, that they weren't involved in that All-Big 12 team, that preseason All-Big 12 team, and they were mad about it, and they're going to try to prove some people wrong. But Slosh has been careful to say, this is a, he thinks this is a very, very talented team, but it's also a fairly unproven team, because a lot of the contributors that they have are that main contributors they have are guys that are coming in or played last year but didn't play very much last year. So, you know, you look at even a player like Gene Wood, who Gene was great early in the season, but then the season shut down. It's like, well, you don't really know what to expect from him going into the season. He was also uh, very complimentary of a couple freshmen, Elijah Nunez. He says that he has a Matt Carpenter-esque feel for the strike zone, which that's really good news and then also freshmen Braden Taylor and Luke Boyers could crack the starting lineup. Which, if you're a freshman and you crack the starting lineup this year, that means you're really impressing the coaching staff because they have so many seniors, so many experienced players. I'm really excited for baseball. This team's very, very good. The issue is... There's going to be a lot of really, really good baseball teams because of this extra year of eligibility, because of the shortened MLB draft. I mean, we're going to see talent all over the country, and we'll find out really quickly in that Big 12 SEC showdown that's going to be played at Globe Life Park. I hope to be out there for one of those games in a couple weeks. We are closing in on baseball season, basketball season in full swing, and we're covering the football offseason as well. Locked on Horn Frogs, Daily TCU Podcast. I'll be back Monday. We'll uh, discuss the women against Kansas. Don't forget, men's game got postponed against Baylor. So we'll get you ready for Tuesday night's game against Iowa State. We'll also continue to hit everything TCU football and baseball related. Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a good weekend, everybody.